Heyo, it's Mark Shannon from Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, July 1st. Uh, you follow the show on social media at Fantasy Knockout. Make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you're watching or listening on. And let's get that goal of 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm excited for today's show. I'm going to talk about redraft strategies. Yes, draft strategies for the redraft leagues. If you uh, sign up to to become a knockout member, you will get access to the draft cheat sheets and overall rankings. And then during the season, you also get access to flex rankings, a trade chart, and priority questions and answers. Other thing is I am starting up a knockout listener league this year. So if you are interested in joining, visit the website fantasyknockout.com or click a link below. The details will be on the site. Submit your entry there, and we'll we'll have uh, eleven people, eleven lucky winners will be drawn to, or will be asked to join that. And you guys will go against me. Uh, the Fourth of July is coming up, so enjoy that and be safe. After the holiday, this show it's going to be going to sh- two shows a week. We'll be doing a thir- uh, Tuesday show, and then s- keep doing the Friday show. So I'm going to start the division breakdowns, and they're going to include my player projections. Let's catch up on the latest NFL news. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the news. News with views. So wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, he's a free agent. He has offers. He He's <laughs> Hopkins. I, that's what I have written down. He's hoping for a third suitor. Hopkins remains in no rush to sign. Uh, he visited the Patriots and... Also, the Tennessee Titans. Um, the reports still say the Patriots are going to make a push for Hopkins. We'll see. Um, that would reunite him with his old coach, Bill O'Brien. Uh, running back Cam Akers from the Rams. He has had a strong offseason. His head coach, Sean McVay, said Akers is going to be a central figure in the offense. We'll see. Uh, wide receiver Paris Campbell from the New York Giants. Um, He's staying busy at spring practices. Campbell was frequently targeted by Daniel Jones, and it looks like Campbell may emerge as the slot wideout there. Uh, Running back J.K. Dobbins from Baltimore, he's frustrated with his contract. It was earlier reported that Dobbins had held out of camp for a soft tissue issue, but it looks like Dobbins just wants a new contract. Good luck with that with what Barkley is dealing with, what Jacobs is dealing with. Uh, Zeke hasn't signed. There's a lot of... Decent guy. Look at Dalvin Cook. He can't even find somebody that wants him. Good luck, J.K. Uh, Running back Kareem Hunt, free agent. The Washington Commanders are, quote, making some preliminary inquiries on Kareem Hunt. They're going to see. They're kicking the tires there, seeing if anything's there. Running back Joe Mixon out of Cincinnati. The Bengals, quote, still really like what Mixon brings to the table. But since he knows that Mixon's contract is an outlier um, compared to this year's salaries for running backs... So basically, Cincinnati wants Mixon to take a pay cut slash restructure his deal. And we'll going to have to wait to see what happens there and what Mixon decides to do. Does he want to stay there and have a chance for a Super Bowl? Or does he want to get paid? And if he does, probably not going to be there in Cincinnati. Uh, running back Sony Michel, he is a free agent. He inks a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, this does not provide confidence for Kyron Williams or Zach Evans to be the backup for Cam Akers. Um, Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, he is being investigated for an assault and battery. Uh, The police officials confirmed that the the victim in the alleged incident at Miami Beach in a marina 
that it's going to press charges. Uh, basically, an argument broke out between a group that included Tyreek Hill um, and Marina employees. The argument turned physical and an employee was slapped on the neck by an unidentified person. The person is presumed to be Tyreek Hill. That's all we know for now. We will wait and see if anything more comes of this. So running back Saquon Barkley from the Giants, he resumes his contract negotiations. Uh, they've restated, uh, they restarted discussions about a contract extension. I'm certain they're going to work things out and he'll get a new deal. He's not asking to be the highest paid running back. He just wants the right compensation for his job and what he has done already. Then wide receiver Devontae Parker out of New England, he gets a new deal. Parker signs a three-year extension worth up to $33 million to stay there in New England. Good for him. Then running back Dalvin Cook, who's a free agent. Um, he has an offer. Apparently, the Dolphins have offered Cook a contract. Reports say there is, quote, mutual interest between the two parties. That's all we know. Uh, we'll see. If he goes there, that will pretty much Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert will be done. I still think A-Chain will be uh, featured there plenty, um, but we'll see where Cook is going. There's rumors that the Jets in Denver and stuff like that, but just got to wait and see. Main event. All right, the main event, draft strategies, redraft strategies. So let's talk about strategies. Well, actually, I'm going to be discussing philosophies instead. So it's not hard to draft that average fantasy team. If that's what you're looking for, then when you log into your draft, just use the provided rankings through Yahoo or ESPN or whoever it is. And guess what? Bob's your uncle. There you go. But you're not watching this show because you want an average team. You want the best possible team. You want to hashtag dominate your league. Now, you're going to need to find a draft strategy which requires insight, data analysis, and experience. You may be asking yourself, I don't really know what I'm doing. That's fine. Um, then let's get right into it. So most fantasy football champions, whether they know it or not, they use a similar process for honing in their fantasy skills for draft day, which is the draft philosophy, mock drafting, analyzing those drafts, and player research. And you can start anywhere in that process. There's no got to do this first then that then this start wherever you want start wherever you are comfortable maybe you already have some assumptions of player values and strategies fantastic uh, then you can begin mock drafts i use the draft wizard at fantasy pros they do my they provide my rankings widget for the website um, i like them a lot because they also do that accuracy competition so i get to see how accurate i am compared to other experts uh, but i like their um their mock draft tool the best, which is Draft Wizard. Um, so I use those to analyze my drafts and see how how they go, where I can improve, or where maybe I try a strategy and I'd realize, oh shoot, I don't like that one at all. You don't use theirs, take a screenshot, hit me up on social media, and maybe I'll give you a grade and give you guys ideas of how to improve on your drafts. Um, there's a cycle of refining your draft philosophy in doing mock drafts you know, reviewing those results, researching those players, and using what you learn to adjust your philosophy. A draft philosophy is different than a specific draft strategy, such as like zero running back, which I'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, the philosophy demonstrates that you can hold certain values, but you aren't pre-committed to using any specific strategy. So your flexibility is key. You never know what's going to happen during your draft. And all those drafts, 
they're different. Um, so if you're dead set on a certain strategy, you may leave value on the table and you may be forcing a pick, which you shouldn't be doing. Uh, despite that, we need to start reviewing different player or different strategies. So we'll get into the framework of discussing some player values. Uh, the first known strategy, and a lot of people kind of do this without really knowing they're doing it, which is VBD, which is value-based drafting. It's an old school concept created by Joe Bryant from the football guys. So the summary of VBD is, is this. It's ranking players according to the points they score above a player's baseline at the position instead of their total points. For example, quarterbacks score a lot of points, but all quarterbacks score a lot of points. Therefore, the top quarterbacks have a lower VBD than running backs or wide receivers. <laughs> what does that mean, Mark? Yeah. So let's use a 10-team league just for simple math. It's easy to do. Uh, normal positions, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one flex, right? So take that top quarterback, his total points for the years, let's say 300. Take the 10th ranked quarterback, because that's the last quarterback, the starting quarterback there is. His total points for the year is 270. That's a difference of 30 points, not much. Then let's take the top running back. His total points for the year, let's say, is 250, right? Then take the 25th ranked running back. Wait, that's two running backs and a flex. Let's say half the people start a receiver. So that's 25 running backs, right? Um, because there's 10 teams, you have two positions with the flex, like I just said. His total points are 150, right? So that's a difference of 100 points. Now we're going to compare the differences. 30 points from the quarterback, 100 for the running back. Where's the breakdown there? That's 70 points difference. So how do you make up this difference? Mid to late round quarterbacks. Used to be late round quarterbacks. I am bumping it up a little bit to mid round, and we'll go in that. We'll go into that just in a minute. Um, so some versions of value based drafting. It's at the core of all draft strategies, whether you know it or not. Uh, the main problem with drafting strictly by B VBD is nearly everyone has. They already know about it. They already do it. It's built into a lot of rankings, stuff like that. So you're not going to gain any anything special over your competition. So I just mentioned mid to late round quarterback. So mid round quarterback is what I'm going to be focusing on. Kind of did it started it last year and it worked out well. I had Jalen Hurts, uh, wanted him in the sixth round. That got him in two of my three leagues. I missed out on him in one league just because he went two spots ahead of me. But I was able to get my second guy that I wanted there too. So it all worked out. Um, so J.J. Zacharyson, he popularized the trend late round quarterback back in like 2012. Um, and that's always been a strategy that I've learned to do. Uh, so let's talk real quick. Back in 2012, the first round of fantasy drafts, they contained four quarterbacks. I know that was a long time. That was over 10 years ago, right? So now, every year since then, it's been about zero or at least one quarterback that sneaks up there and maybe in that first round. But typically, they're second, third round quarterbacks now uh, for those stud quarterbacks. So the difference between the best and the worst starting fantasy quarterback is not as big as one may think. I believe there was like 44 quarterback ones, which means top 10 quarterbacks during the week last year. 44. Um there's only 32 NFL teams, so how could there be 44 quarterbacks? Well, guess what? A lot of guys got hurt, backups started, and they produced, and they produced well in certain weeks. I'm going to give you an analogy here. So if you take a quarterback like a Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes in that first round, 
you miss out on your stud running back. You miss out on your stud receiver. But, yeah, you got your stud quarterback. And guess what? You get to set it and forget it, and you don't have to worry about anything. And that's like getting a fancy sports car, right? It's sexy. It's fun. You don't have to worry about it. Everybody else is jealous of you. Cool. But if you wait to the mid-rounder like me, I'm going to grab a Prius. I'm going to get something that is of value. It may not look the sexiest. Frankly, it's probably going to look ugly, um, such as like a Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones this year to a tag of Loa. Um, those guys are like 10, 11, 12 ranked running backs. They're not fun, but guess what? They got some upside. They might be able to do it. They should have good weeks. Now, if you get an injury and your quarterback gets hurt, guess what? If you drafted that sexy stud quarterback, you have to know, go find a replacement. It's going to be a lot harder for you to replace that value that you're missing out. You're going to probably have to trade another stud player to get a stud quarterback. Not fun. Me, I'm just going to have to go pick up another one. So I get to pick up like a Matthew Stafford, and I'll be completely happy, and I still have all my stud running backs and receivers. And that's that's just why I like it. I'm not spending that, that priority draft um, picks in that first, second, third, fourth round that – there's you those guys are the huge building blocks for your teams and you just don't want to miss out on those that value there so take a quarterback fifth sixth seventh round you can find herbert you can find burrow lamar um there's plenty of options this year in that mid round so i mentioned zero or zero running back earlier right let's talk about the zero running back or the hero running back um maybe you guys have heard that phrase um this strategy, it's not drafting a running back in those early rounds. Um, instead, you draft in, you draft the running backs in the later rounds. Or to, ex- to its extreme, it can be very risky. I'm not a fan of this. I'm going to try this in one of my leagues this year. We'll see. Uh, so typically, the zero running backs, they, they do better in like full PPR leagues. The non-PPR leagues, like a standard league, it's not a great strategy because the points per reception really help adjust. And that's why you go receivers early. Um, I've also seen, like I said, the hero running back where you take like a stud running back. So like this year, if you're mid round in your drafting spot, like if you're like the fifth or sixth spot uh, going like Bijan Robinson, going with him as your stud running back and then loading up on receivers, four or five receivers, and then maybe finding a later running back, um, like last year, there's plenty of running backs in that sixth, seventh, eighth round, such as what was it, like Tony Pollard, um, Ramondre Stevenson were there, and those guys turned out to be studs. You can hit on those guys. Years past, I got Austin Eckler before when he was on the team with Melvin Gordon with the Chargers. Before Eckler became that stud, um, you get you. There's values of plenty of running backs later on, um, and there's some guys I have earmarked on the draft cheat sheet. Um, guys that I like this year, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, I'll take a chance on him. He's going to start off the year with Javante Williams, probably on the pup or hurt. So Samaj will have a big workload. Um, so he'd be a, a solid RB2 I'd be willing to try to take uh, advantage of. Also take a chance on Rashad Penny from Philadelphia. We'll see if he becomes the main running back there. I know a lot of people think DeAndre Swift is going to have a solid season. I'll take the gamble on Penny, and you can get him in, like, the 13th round. And if he turns into, you know, the Miles Sanders role, guess what? You got a solid RB2 that you don't have to worry about, and you're stacked at receiver. You got your stud running back. You're looking pretty. All right, so draft position is 
another part of the equation here. Nothing impacts your draft more than the spot you pick from. This is another reason why you need to be flexible, especially if you don't know your draft spot right until the draft starts. I'm not a fan of that. I like to know at least a week or two before just so that I can practice my mock drafts. Um, if you're playing a league where they're just like, hey, we're going to find out day of, cool, guess what? Practice and do some at the spots one, two, three, do some more at four, five, and six, do some more at seven, eight, nine, and then 10, 11, and 12. You know, practice at those spots to see what you like, which, which one do you tend to do better at? Me, I like the mid rounds. I'm more comfortable in that fourth to eighth spot, depending on the year. Um, this year, I'd like to get probably about fourth, I think is what I'm shooting for. I'm not a fan of the of the ends. I don't like the first spot, and I don't like the 12th or the 10th spot if that's the, the last spot on the draft. Um, I've never done well with the bookends, um, especially just the, the first overall pick. Like, it's unlucky for me. It's a jinx for me. Every guy, every time I've had that, I take the number one guy that I think is going to be the, the best guy that year, and he gets hurt. Something never works out for me. So if I have an opportunity to be that first overall spot, I don't want it. I will usually pass or try to move out. That's why I prefer picking your draft spot. So what we'll do is we'll draw, most of the leagues I do, we'll draw names, and then we choose our order, our draft order. So if I got like the second spot, I'm I'm not gonna necessarily take that second spot. I'm gonna take a create a a list of guys that are my must-have guys. So like this year, I'm thinking there's about four, maybe five must-have players that I want on my team, no matter what. And that four is gonna be in no particular order: Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and probably Tyreek Hill. Those are gonna be my top four guys. I want one of those four guys. So if I take that four spot, guess what? I'm guaranteed one of those four guys, right? And if none of those guys go, then maybe I, you know. Anyways, I'm going to get one of those guys at the first four. My second pick is going to be a little bit higher than the uh, the other stud guys there. So that's just how I look at it. That's a little extra savvy trick that I tend to do. All right, guys. So league settings. Uh, you must know your league settings well in advance before your draft day. It matters. It's kind of silly that I'm putting this out there, but it matters. Know if you are in a full PPR league. I'm starting. I'm going to play in a dynasty league this year. First time ever doing it. Well, guess what? I'm used to redraft leagues where we play half point PPR leagues. That's all I've played in. That's all I know. This league is a full point per reception. I have to adjust my rankings accordingly for that. So I need to. It's, a, it's just a little bit different strategy than if if, if it's standard or whatever, right? So know your, stand, know your settings. Um, there's some other quirky little rules in there. Fumbles are worth a little bit more um, or negative points and stuff like that. So you got to pay attention to that. Um, it'll only help you out reading those over right before your league. Just double check because you never know. That some things may change from year to year. You guys might be able to vote in some new rules in your league and stuff like that. And then the final thought, uh, finally, be aware of the pros and cons of every strategy. Try them out by mock drafting. It is important to practice. Generate your own strategy. Find out what tendencies you like to do. Remember to be flexible. Don't lock in on a specific strategy, like saying you're going to go running back, running back, receiver, receiver in your first four picks. Don't do that. Be flexible. Let's say you're in that, that eighth spot, right? And the first seven picks go, and they're all running backs. And you were set on to take a running back. Well, do you really want the eighth best running back? Or do you want the 
number one receiver on out of the whole league. I'll give me that receiver. I'll take the receiver there. Even though I tend to like running backs first, I'll tend to draft a running back first. That's my tendency. But again, draft goes, seven running backs are off the board. You can grab your Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. Sweet. Guess what? I got my stud receiver. And then in that second round, coming back around, I'll take the eighth, ninth, or tenth best running back there. So not only do I have the best receiver, I'll have then the a solid running back that I was going to get at that eight spot anyways, right? So practice, practice, practice. Find out what works best for you. Again, take some screenshots of those. Hit me up on social media. I'll be happy to give you guys grades and ideas on how to adjust your drafts this year. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day. The next show is going to be the NFC South breakdown. We're going to start breaking down those. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. Please leave that rating and review. It really helps me out. All right. Have a safe holiday. Happy 4th of July. All right. Till next time. See ya. See ya.